Uh, hey everybody, this is David, uh, and welcome to uh, Fandible.com. We are going to be recording, at long last, yet another geeky topic roundtable. Uh, I'm going to be... Woo! Yay! Joy has been being had. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be moderating just uh, with a couple of questions, and we're going to pick the brain of everybody here at Fandible. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you guys for for uh, doing this tonight mm-hmm. on this sweltering July evening. So, topic number one is uh, lol butts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go with that. Are the butts lol or the lols butting? <laughs> lol butts. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so. Uh, First thing I want to talk about uh, this this occurred to me because we play Warhammer 40k a lot, um, and like a lot, a lot. And as our listeners and you guys definitely know, um, I have a very much love hate relationship with a lot of the setting because it's uh, it's high uh, it's high concept. Something that I noticed is that for a system that um, or a setting that revolves around so much uh, advanced technology. The narrative is starting to show its age, um, much like uh, older Star Treks and stuff like that, um, where you where you look at this media that has to take place in the future and the technology of the future. Because the way that our technology today is advancing so rapidly, a lot of these things start to seem kind of quaint uh, in comparison. For instance, in Warhammer 40k, people have data tablets. Ooh, data tablets. Imagine a book made of circuitry. Which Billy is using right next to me right now. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, here we are all sitting, looking down into our data tablets yeah. while you're talking. Uh, exactly, and, so. and and in the in the role playing book, these are labeled as as you know exclusive uh, items that generally only the faithful of the mm-hmm. of the tech priests uh, have. Uh, um, another one are like you know like viewfinders on guns that also have like that can see heat or the ability for a cybernetic arm to communicate with the gun that it's holding wirelessly. It's like stuff that we do now. Mm-hmm. Um, something that, the reason I got talking about this is because I read recently that someone has developed a uh, prototype for a battery that is spray painted on something. Yeah. Um, I do not <clears throat> Yes. So, so you now, basically like paint your walls with it and like your house is your battery. <laughs> yep. Um, so you've got paintable, you've got paintable um, batteries. Uh, we've got uh, somebody developed uh, plastic blood plates a couple of years ago, and they're synthetic blood plates that the body won't recognize, uh, but will be filtered out of the um, of the body eventually. So basically, if you are bleeding, you will take a mixture of actual blood and these plastic blood plates, and you will survive. Um, and it's and uh, it'll be adapted by the body. Artificial blood. Yeah. Temporary artificial blood, but artificial blood. Yeah, but yeah. it works. Uh, yeah. Wireless energy, you know, the idea that we can charge things without plugging them in at all. Eventually, like, we'll be telling our kids and grandkids, like, yeah, to plug shit into the wall to... Um, uh, fight over uh, surge protector plates. Exactly, yeah. exactly, you know? it'd be like, It's like telling people now what a rotary phone did. Um, so, or a floppy disk. Or a fucking floppy <laughs> yeah, like the big ones, too. Yeah, like some people are like, is it a coaster? And it's like, it sure is right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, back when floppies were floppy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so um, so the question I wanted to pose to you guys mm-hmm. is, um, when you're playing a game like this, or when you're running a game like this, that has so much to do with technology, but it starts to show some wear and tear, um, do you change the tech itself uh, to fit the setting? Mm-hmm. Or do you stick with the way that it's written in an attempt to try to remain true to the source material? Um, and like, where's 
and for you guys, for both player as both players and storytellers, like where do you start to mess with the narrative because they were just way off the mark when they wrote this, uh, whenever the game was produced. Yeah, I mean, in my, in my point of view, it's it's an alternate history. Mm-hmm. You know, even even when it's a completely different universe like Warhammer, it's still effectively an, an alternate history. And for all you know, I mean, they have like fucking gigantic starships and traveling, you know, across systems and hyperspace and stuff, which is far more advanced than we have. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they have stuff that that seems primitive by our standards. Yeah. And it's it's just, well, that's just the way science developed in that universe. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, just because we developed friggin' iPads and iPods before we developed hyperspace travel <laughs> doesn't mean another culture might not have discovered, you know, faster than light travel before they discovered telephones. Somehow, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, so I, I look at it that way. I look at it like, no, that's just yeah. the way that sci- t- science developed in that universe. It's kind of like when you that, like when you watch steampunk, like futuristic steampunk, mm-hmm. and you're like, they're using steampunk to like these for, for these floating fortresses, mm-hmm. and you're like, that's not how that works. <laughs> but, you, know, it's, it just, you just have to turn off your brain and say, yeah, okay, we're, we are definitely in an alternate reality. Mm-hmm. And once yeah. you do that, I mean, it, we do fall into occasionally when we're playing as players. Uh, I remember when we were playing. <laughs> Uh, Dark Heresy, and I'm like, okay, maybe we can like make nanites in order to get rid of these poison. And you're like, you don't even know what a nanite is. Like, really? No. You're like, you have no idea what a nanite is. Or I'll be like, and then it gets in a bit like, can I call him on a? Do we have comm units? And it's like, uh, yeah, because like for him or 40k, they have like. Like like psionic telephone, like people that you like, hey, make this call for me, and they use like their psionic powers. Yeah. Like, do we even have like walkie talkies though? I mean, yeah. it's just that that is a little bit for world of uh, uh, for Warhammer forty k. It does get a little bit tricky mm-hmm. on knowing what type of things were developed in this alternate. Yeah, War, Warhammer for me, I, I kind of look at it as like it's the technology level in Warhammer. Is what sci-fi writers in the '80s imagined that would be there. Lots of blinking lights, yeah. lots of giant machines. Yeah. You know, it's 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 what the the sci-fi writers of the '80s imagined. Yeah. You know, this sci-fi future would yeah. be like. But I think the the main difference between Warhammer 40k and other other setting up. No problem. I think the main difference between Warhammer 40k and other settings, like the start the original Star Trek, or even uh, I remember I was we were joking about with the original group with Gamal about Cyberpunk 2020. Like everything was wired together, and like all this old technology, like nowadays, like. Why can't you just put it on wireless? The main difference is, like, was is supposed to be set in a future, and t- technology is supposed to be shown as advanced. With Warhammer 40K, like, there's a reason technology is the way it is. Because, A, tech, all the technology was lost. Mm-hmm. And, B, and I'm not sure if they added it to the fluff later on, that technology itself is a weakness. Like, over-reliance on technology, the reason that they hate artificial intelligence is because, well, according to fluff, like, uh, Artificial intelligence is evil because humanity was fighting against artificial intelligence. It could be used by aliens, all this other stuff. That's why everything you see, more, like on the ships and everything, everything is done by manpower. Mm-hmm. Because basically, like, it is believed, like, men is nowhere near as corrupt as advanced machines. Like, you can control people. You mm-hmm. can't control machines. That's why the Imperial Man is like, okay, no more high technology. Let the secretive order control all the technology. Mm-hmm. Let Keep it in one place so mm-hmm. that it can't be corrupted by other forces. Oh, yeah. So That's for the setting, it makes sense. Sorry. 
that's what I was saying. Like, Warhammer seems very much, like, by the time you get to the, the 41st century, it very much feels like humanity is a civilization in decline. Yes. You know, be, when you, when you, uh, they're no, since they're no longer creating technology, we've seen, we've seen it before. It's like any time that you stagnate, any time that you try to uh, hamper uh, expression or experimentation, we've seen that there's definitely a stagnation and decline in society. Whereas something like Star Trek has always been presented as a very aspirational future, that, that humanity can only go up. From from there, that's why there's always a progression in technology throughout the shows. So, so sometimes looking back on an older series of Star Trek, it is a little bit like, oh wow, Captain Kirk thought those pads were really awesome, <laughs> and they had to go to the wall to talk to people, uh, and that just seems weird because that no longer seems like an aspirational future. But when Warhammer has technology that in many ways is no more advanced than ours. It's like, oh well, yeah, no dub because they are they they are on their way out. So it makes sense that in some ways they've regressed. Oh my god, I just realized Bluetooth technology. That's the little badges on yeah, Star Trek. Yeah. I've never. Uh, yeah, we, have yeah no, we do because I was thinking it's like, well, there's some stuff in Star Trek next generation you don't have. It's like, nope, just warp engines are pretty much everything. Everything else warp is engines are like the sort of you know, like vector shields. Yeah, 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 and, yeah and, data, and, data. But like and we a have full functioning holodeck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's true. We're but, working I mean, on the holodeck. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. No, but uh, we we do have those we do have those things because they would like tap the uh, the the tricorder and then say somebody's name, be like Jordy, and then you know Jordy would hear the captain talking on his chest. We have that now. We have that now. Yeah, we don't have it that. That small yet? Have you oh, seen yeah. the size of some of those Bluetooth things? <laughs> oh, yeah. Did yeah. they develop those yet? By the way, have they developed an actual replica? Of I'm sure somebody. Oh, yeah, some fan so has done it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Just, and that would make yield happiness. They did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would just they would sell like gangbusters. Yes. A uh, follow up question to this is: um, uh, are, Can you guys think of any games where this is an issue, or where the publication company um, uh, has has kind of like fixed it? Like, for instance, <clears throat> the first thing that comes to my mind is that Shadowrun is eerily accurate for the pacing of its technology. Um, uh, I remember playing, playing second edition Shadowrun, <clears throat> uh, third edition Sh Shadowrun, excuse me, um, and they, like, changed a bunch of stuff from, like, wired into, like, wireless. The whole matrix and the net became wireless, and I was reading it with my friends years ago, and be like, that's so crazy. Wireless. That's <laughs> five years later, we're like, that is fucking creepy. That is creepy. Literally, like, page 87. I own that now. <laughs> um, yeah, any any games aside from Warhammer 40k, my favorite whipping boy? <laughs> Just give it a chance, man. Right, uh, give it a chance and give it a year <laughs> of a chance. Like, it's still you only died chance. a couple of times. Or get um, shot a couple of times. Yes, sure. I guess the, that independent game, uh, God's uh, Reclamation. Reclamation. Oh, yeah. yeah, they have some technological like biology that I think was interesting, and since it's so new, they do. It, it this is the starting point mm -hmm. for any of like the, like right now. It, it is the closest I think. It's like okay, they're following what we have right now. Um, so I think newer games are coming out and are taking that. I think the older games are always going to suffer from that. Wow, where where we are playing a game that's kind of doesn't make sense in our reality, where the newer games are adjusting. That's just, that's the closest I think. I know reclamation that instead of saying like, okay, here here's the technology we have today. Imagine there was a big giant fucking bomb that kind of blocked it off, and now imagine uh, there's a group that uh, they fuck with you t uh, technologically uh, through your body, through nanites, mm -hmm. and explores that aspects. It looks like a lot of people are trying to. Instead of making a universe like Shadowrun like that, it seems like they're trying to look at an aspect of technology and building on there where, you know, for, for Reclamation, the host, 
they're pretty much focused on, hey, imagine what nanites can do in the next 200 years. Mm-hmm. Nanite okay. technology. And this is cool. And that's kind of the only like technology that they really push ahead of its time. Interesting. Also, keep in mind that pretty much, I mean, every RPG is an artifact of the time it was written in. Yes. yes. So if an RPG was created in the 80s, it's, and it's, it's, it's meant to be a sci-fi RPG futuristic, their version of futuristic is going to be 80s futuristic. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we're going to see big panels with lots of flashing lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, like I said, it's just, you know, more modern games are probably going to get it, quote-unquote, better. Which is why, again, I go back to my original point, which is I just prefer to look at each game as its own sort of alternate mm-hmm. universe, its own alternate history. It's like, well, this game says that in the year 2100, you know, we'll just be getting, like, wireless technology, you know. According to this game, we're supposed to have, you know, wireless technology in 100 years from now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the way it happened in this game. That's the way it happened in that, in that, in that you know, in that game world. Hmm. For whatever reason. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, like, technology, like... I, what technology, if we're just going, like, you know, we looked how games adjusted to technology. Like, just even, like, um, just storytelling has adjusted to technology. I don't know if that's skipping way off the mark by me uh, saying that, if we should have a discussion about that right now. No, go on. But storytelling itself is being affected by our technology. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, look, yeah. look at my World of Darkness games. The first thing I need to do in every World of Darkness game is get rid of your goddamn phones. Yes. Like, everything I've ever done. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah. like, uh, yeah, there's... Uh, look on your face with the black shit. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> Dude, everyone takes out their stuff. So yeah, you, you're like, what's down below? I'm like, you don't know. It looks like a town. They're like... I get a, I get on Google and I'm like, yeah, Google. Fuck Google. <laughs> <laughs> Google. Like, destroying all my games. Yeah, but like, look at the old like horror films. Like, you know, someone in the cabin in the woods chasing you. Back in the day, it's like, of course, yeah, they cut the, the phone line. You're fucked. But now it's like, I'm pulling out my cell phone. And if you don't, if they don't discuss why they don't ha- like have a cell phone or what they did with the cell phone, everybody immediately is yeah. like pulled away from it. Which is yeah. kind of a detriment to the story because in every movie you have to explain why the cell phone service would work. There's like, so yeah. many different ways to yes. get rid of yeah. it. Or you've got to be really, really careful on how you plan your adventure so yes. that being able to Google shit won't break your adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was because, actually yeah. just, just, want, just trying to think. Um, you know, the, the big like takedown on horror movies this year was Cabin in the Woods. Did they ever address cell phones in that movie? Uh, I think they said yeah, briefly. They're, they're yeah. like, uh, yep. They're, uh, oh, yeah, because yeah, they were in the middle of nowhere, so yeah, there was no reception. Yeah, so, oh, so okay. pretty much from the beginning, they suspected there was going to be no reception, mm-hmm. and I think as soon as they went past that little tunnel, yeah. somebody like made a throwaway call, like, ah, oh, shit, I got no signal here. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yep, it was explained. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool, right on. Uh, all right, so, friendables. Um, something that I was uh, something I was thinking about that we were talking about earlier um, was uh, was the fact that we both do role playing and uh, we also do like media effectively. I mean, as much as you want to uh, want to avoid it, like we're talking into a microphone right now, um, and that Are is a, God. I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, I really don't know how we record these things. Um, or what is don't, in the middle don't get of my existential table. Audio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is microphone? What is life? What is voice? Shut! I just punching <laughs> out of my house. Um, uh, so, what I was wondering is, um, what do you guys, as as members of Fandible, both doing role playing and media, um, do you? Uh, what do you do to both kind of enjoy the game, but also, but also offer a decent media thing? Uh, uh, a media product, for instance, like 
right now my dictation is straight towards the microphone in the in the episode that we just recorded even when i was talking to billy to my right or jesus to my left i was still delivering directly to the microphone i try to swear less and i definitely try to make uh uh less gratuitous mentions to horrific violence um <laughs> So, uh, tone down the racism just a tad. Yeah, I leave that. I leave that. <laughs> leave that all up to the rest of the people. Um, yeah, I, I, I tone down my racism really oh my well. Gosh. Um, um, well. On the plus side, the only racism in this last game was towards a make believe insect race. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, at least. And those mad people had it coming. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, I mean, do you guys, do you guys actively, thinking about a year ago, um, do you guys actively do anything different? Yes. Now? Yes. A year ago, I had a. I, I would. I always love telling jokes. I'm a huge believer that jokes are going to oh. be offensive. Mm-hmm. But you know, you have to. You know, if it offends you, I'm sorry. It's not my. But you know, a lot of jokes are offensive in some way. I try to hold back on those mm-hmm. because I don't really want to ostracize. Sometimes I let one slip, mm-hmm. and I do feel bad about it. Like um, I'll be honest, like bring it back up in front of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I made a, uh, an age joke uh, during uh, what was it? Dread. Dread. Mm-hmm. And it was just something I heard on TV and I laughed about. But as soon as I said it, I'm like, oh, that's not funny. That's not funny. And uh, I'm trying to keep away from those jokes where, yeah, I'm sure in Dread a lot of people laughed at it because it is a fun. But for those that really are affected by, like, AIDS and the family or this themselves, they don't really need to hear that during a fun podcast where they're trying to escape. Mm. So I'm trying to watch where I, I can make small little jabs at, at certain subjects I can tap dance towards something, but I don't want to step over that line, and sometimes I do. Another thing is I try to take in the um, the style of our RP. Let, let, let's look at uh, World of Darkness. I will cuss left left and right in World of Darkness because, God fucking hell, it's a scary goddamn world. <laughs> <laughs> but in Angela's, I think I cussed twice during Hollow Earth, and both times I did not like it because it's like they, you, you wouldn't cuss during a pulp v- game. Mm-hmm. You would say, gee, will Instead of holy shit, <laughs> but so when I do, it's like oh, that's that's just that's me coming out, mm-hmm. and so I try to change my how I curse depending on what kind of game we're playing. Mm-hmm. Barsher doesn't curse really. No, no, he but does in He's... World of Darkness, I curse all the time. In Dresden, I curse because cursing happens in Dresden. Mm-hmm. But in your pulp game, I really don't want to curse. I want to. I think I said shit and fuck once, and I'm like, Ugh. if we'd go back, I'm like, that's freaking crap. You know, that stuff. So mm-hmm. that's what I do. I, I try to change. I try to watch what jokes I do say mm-hmm. and make sure that they aren't too offensive. Mm-hmm. Don't take too many people out of the game. One or two will get out, and I'm sorry for that. And I, wa- I try to watch my language depending on uh, what kind of game we're playing. Yeah, I mean, in my case, I've, I've just noticed, uh, at least I, both uh, obviously and, and subconsciously, it's become more of a performance. Yes. Like when it first started, like you're you're role playing, you do your character, but it's like ah, yeah, they're, they're, when you first start, there's a little bit of like, well, my character does this and my character does that. Mm-hmm. As it's gone on, it's like, no, you step into that role, you mm-hmm. start making voices, you start acting, you say, yes. yeah, oh, oh my god, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> like, you know, you actually start, it, and it becomes because, and 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 a big part of that hasn't been just because I'm getting more into the role play, mm-hmm. but it is a conscious decision because. We're doing this for media, yeah. so I'm putting on a performance for our audience. That's good. Yeah, I think actually, David, you actually said it best. It was like we went from role players who tapped and entertained to entertainers who happen to role play. Mm. I that's think right. that's yeah. or at least we're yeah. uh, or at least we're, 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 we're in the, the process. Yeah, we're, we're in the, the process, process of becoming that. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and honestly, like uh, 
me like because of the microphone in front of me, like I've actually improved my role playing experience. At least when I, especially when I GM, mm-hmm. because I put more emphasis on creating new type of character, more interesting characters for the character for the people listening to listen to, mm. and like like uh, like all the new characters I'm making up, like the new character for the Rogue Trader game, like the guy that always speaks about everything that's happening. Like I wouldn't have done it like two years ago. I would just like oh, this generic character, right. mm-hmm. and like just making that character was fun and huh. funny, and huh. you guys will listen to it later on. But anyway. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I really feel. That's cool. And there's also uh, this was a, a technical note that I'd made early on in our our when we first after I listened to the first couple of our uh, podcasts. Uh, but when we first started, it was a lot of you know pointing at the table and being like, "All right, you do something." Mm-hmm. And, and you hear some dice rolling. And from an audio perspective, it's like, "Wait, I have no yeah, idea who, who, who she, you is." Who does she point to? Yes. Rolling. And especially when you've got the you know three or four guys, and if you're a newer listener to the podcast, you might not who. yeah. So uh, I, I brought it up to Jesus, and I think that I've been trying to do it a lot. Mm-hmm. I caught myself a couple of times tonight, being like, you know, I'd point to Dave and be like, "You zap, what are you doing?" Right. And just you know, making sure to to narrate. Um, and uh, you know, it, like Jesus is saying, it's made me a better role player because you know, my, my favorite character is Moira the Mourner, who does not speak. <laughs> <laughs> so if this was like, so if if we weren't recording, that would be like total permission for me to just be like, and I'm sitting here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think. But instead, I've had to. There's Billy cutting out the dead air. Okay. It's like no. But so instead, I've had to go in and, and, and narrate what I'm doing. It's like no, I'm not just standing off in a corner, and you guys can see from my body language that I I'm still engaged with my characters. And it's like I'm saying, like, no, Moira is going over here, and mm-hmm. she's making sure that this isn't happening, and this is her demeanor. And well, well, so well we can do to help you with this. We'll actually set up a little camera <laughs> and just release a separate video feed <laughs> with every on how yeah with every unhallowed uh, Metropolis. Podcast that people can just play <laughs> at the same time as they're listening, and so yeah, you can just act out. Wait, wait, she raised an eyebrow. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think what we've done is instead of trying to, like, I still have fun with myself. I still enjoy the hell out of my uh, this. But instead of trying to entertain ourselves, mm-hmm. which we do, yes, mm-hmm. oh, yes. but we definitely make an effort to entertain people. Like yeah. you said, we become entertainers. Yes. So if that con- callbacks yeah. to our old, uh, our yeah, previous we, shows. We tr- yeah. I think we definitely make it a, a try to. Bring the audience in as much as possible. I mean, yep. as we can, and yeah, I mean, we, we actually make it as easy for them to follow. Yeah, and we actually acknowledge our audience as we're playing. <laughs> Occasionally, we're like, "Hey, audience, this is why you tune in." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listeners, this is Jesus' third note to the chat tonight. Yeah. Yep, that's, that's a very good point. Um, oh, okay. So this was going to be a blog uh, post. Mo- many of these, actually, I think uh, they were going to be blog posts, and I think I'll write about them later, but. Uh, this I specifically really wanted to talk to you guys about. I had this dream. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so I had a dream where I was playing the original Final Fantasy. <laughs> That's it. Apparently, my subconscious just wanted to phone it the fuck in. <laughs> and so I'm dreaming about playing Final Fantasy, and I'm dreaming about making the uh, making the team. You know, uh, uh, you have four character slots, mm-hmm. and you can only choose so many. Um, and you've got like you've got the Black Mage who does offensive Fire stuff. Fire Thief, Black Mage, Red Mage. Yes. Done. Yep. Um, <laughs> so next question. Let's go. Okay. I started okay. at two and three. So. Um, I oh no! You you gotta you gotta know you gotta play the original to really appreciate how far we've come. <laughs> but interestingly, the idea is that um, you have four slots, and then you can pick four. Uh, um, you can pick four adventures to go with you, but you can't have all of them. So you can have the fighter who's very good at fighting, the white mage who does healing and buff spells, black mage who does offensive, offensive. and debuff, the monk who does hand-to-hand, and the thief, who, as far as I can tell, is only good at running away if you need to escape. 
Pretty much. Well, he, he got some interesting, like, sort big of... pocket. Yeah, yeah. pickpocketing. Uh, like, yeah. He's, he's good for getting treasure. And, yeah. and then there's, mage, then there's a red spells, mage. Right? No, the red mage is a mix of he's the black and white. Yeah, yeah. He, he can do attack spells and he can do healing spells. Yeah. Which and, is why, and he can use swords. And he yeah. can use swords. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Which is why I always picked him, like, black mage and red mage, because the red mage would provide my healing, and when nobody needed to be healed, he could actually do some fucking damage. Yeah. Yeah. While the white mage was like, oh, there's nobody needed to be healed? I guess I'll be here in a corner. Uh, let me know when you got, one of you guys gets hurt. Yep. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, so I was playing Final Fantasy, and then I realized that uh, that uh, these character roles actually are obvious throwbacks to D and D. You know, they it was not original whatsoever. Um, but I think I wonder if these ideas of character roles fitting in with the healer, the fighter, the talker, the thief, they still. They they last until today. They still permeate almost all of the games yeah. that I've been a part of, even yeah. when there are no classes. So my question to you guys is: um, Can you? Uh, are there any games that you've played that actively get away from this? How do they do that? And should we even try to get away from this, or do you not fix it because it ain't broke? It's one of those things where it's it's the very nature of the game. Mm-hmm. In, in these games, there are certain basic action types that you're going to mm-hmm. do. There will be attacking, there will be healing, mm-hmm. there will be hiding and or running, mm-hmm. and there will be the catch-all other category. Yeah. The, 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 the stealing, the talking, mm-hmm. the whatevering. Yeah. And uh, and that's pretty universal. Yeah. Pretty much any game except some really uh, wacky indie stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, These are the basic actions that your character's going to be taking. Mm-hmm. So even if they don't call them warrior, mage, fighter, thief, uh, mm-hmm. you know, healer, your characters are probably going to fall into one of those basic... They are very basic archetypes. You know, there will be the guy who's better at fighting. There will be the, the doctor who is better at patching people up. There will be, yeah. you know, the, the sneaky guy who is better at sneaking, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's not so much a matter of fixing when it's broke. It's just that it's, it's just the way the game works, yeah, kind of. I, I don't think this is uh, something that's endemic to the actual game, but I would say the, the particular story that we're playing in Hollow Earth... Like, for example, we just did the game tonight. Mm-hmm. There was no combat. Mm. Billy's the combat character. He very specifically said that he want, you know, he, he's built up the, the dual-wheeled pistols and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, uh, part, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Billy, but even though you weren't fighting tonight, you still were doing lots of other things that were outside your quote-unquote class. Poorly, but yes, yeah. I guess. Uh, the, the professor is supposed to be our, our academic. He's doing all the science stuff. Without and academics. then, he, yeah, without yeah. academics. Uh, but then he pulls off this ridiculous bluff at the end. Yeah. Partly only succeeded because you blocked off everyone yes. else. Yeah. But much. still. Yes. You know, so, so part of my plan. You, uh, uh, Daniel, who was created to be our talker, does the only effective <laughs> combat of the night. <laughs> I refuses to talk half the game. Because, because my character is you know, so fucking offended by the fact that every time he tries to talk, all you people just bring it all crashing down. I'm like building these beautiful castles of words. <laughs> and then one of you opens your mouth like, it all comes crashing down. It's like, no, why? Why? <laughs> so, and I don't think this is something that the the system specifically sets out to do, even though it is a classless system. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, they do have the archetypes, which general, mm-hmm. you know, very clearly uh, direct you. Suppose you're supposed to be going towards uh, certain things, uh, but it's clearly a system that allows the flexibility. That if the GM decides to tell a story, it's like, nope, you're not fighting yeah. tonight, or the players, you know, just run crazy with the story mm-hmm. and decide not to fight tonight, <laughs> everyone still found something to do. Uh, and yeah, there's also the game like Death Watch, which since its main focus is on combat, like it's hard to go out anything outside of that necessarily. Like a lot of this honestly a lot of stuff role play we did for Death Watch was stuff that was 
somewhat outside of what the rules allow. Yeah, uh, no, I will agree to that. And well, for we have a city of heroes uh, guild that uh, we have rules ba- basically built to accommodate for that. You need to pick what you're doing. Like everybody can fight. You know, we're all everybody's needed for an adventure. But like we have an example in our rules is like we want basic D and D where what you have a thief, you have a healer, you have a fighter, and you have a mage. Mm-hmm. We don't want people who I'm a th- who who is all four and one. Because then they can do everything. So this allows for us to spread out the adventure. So when we're saying, okay, you're in a secret lab, we have a person who they said, I want to make like, the hacker of the group. They said, can I hack a computer? It's like, no one else can, so yes. Mm. But if they can't break open the door that way, we have someone with like mechanical arms. And she's like, can I break it with my arms? It's like, give it a try. And if they succeed, we have the thief that can climb. We have all this stuff. And I think that, uh, if everybody is the same, it makes everyone vying for the attention of vying for the attention instead of saying okay all you can fight okay but the fighter's gonna be clearly the guy at the very end of the movie fighting the big bad guy mm-hmm. hand to hand while the hack like, while the pilot's gonna be going into the Death Star and firing the last <laughs> blow while the commando is the, the commander is gonna be leading the assault on uh, with the Ewoks it's just you need to give people stuff that makes them when it comes to the point where, like, someone needs to succeed at this, not all four of you walk forward, one of you says, guys, stand back, it's my time to shine. And that's essential. And that's, that's, the thing is that's, yes, it's very important, but at the same time, it can be hard to balance. Because if if you've got the one guy who is all about combat, and you've got an entire adventure where there won't really be any combat until the very end where he's facing the boss, well, he's going to get to shine at the end, fine. But in the meantime, the rest of the adventure... He's like, oh, what am I well, doing? Yeah, well, you have to yeah. be careful on the like. Well, yeah, and, and that's and that's the thing. It, it it can be hard to balance these archetypes when you stick too closely yes. to them. You don't want everybody to be a fighter wizard thief. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> not, not, by wizard yeah. thief. Yeah, you know, nobody should. You don't want an entire party of bards, but <laughs> uh, at the same time, the bards do make the party. Yeah. What? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> but you know, but you do need a, a certain, to a certain point, like be able to yes. sort of. Ba- every character mm. should have a certain amount of balance, so that even in the scenes where, like, you know, it's like, well, okay, if it, if, if this scene, you know, with this mm-hmm. stealth scene, if it was only up to the fighter, he'd be fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's like, but but yeah, but yeah. give him something. It's like, all right, so the fighter can't sneak, but how how you know how is he going to be snuck along with the others? Right. You know, give him something to do. Give, give you need, still need to be able to even yeah. when it's a scene where one character is meant to shine, you want to give the other characters yeah, something absolutely. to do in that scene, and that's not easy to do. Not easy. No, at it all. isn't. And I think you know, I, I, the more we talk about this, I, that's why probably I don't like Marvel that much because the thing about Marvel is it's very much like. Everybody's just a fighter. Mm. Like, you don't really... I mean, I get... Uh, like, I need to give Marvel another try, but I didn't like it because we all were just like, so what do we do? Well, we need to destroy this mountain. We need to destroy this wall. I can blow it up with fireball. I can push it over with super sp- strength. I can run into it with super speed. And It's just a little bit too much. There was never moments to shine. It was just... We all could... What cool way are we going to blow shit up next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and who is going to get to do it? Mm-hmm. That's fair. I feel like um, uh, I feel like a, a game system that specifically got me out of uh, the uh, the mentality of roles was was playing White Wolf for like yeah, fifteen years and not, not going back to and not going back to like D and D Pathfinder or any of those games. Um, even uh, even uh, Rifts with it with its 
absolutely. He can make anything. Yeah, Mm -hmm. make anything. Like when you can make anything, you wind up making some like pretty versatile characters that are tough to kind of nail down categorically. Yeah. Um, And uh, and I would say that uh, because of White Wolf, one of the greatest things about White Wolf, uh, like, is that yeah, when you make characters that are all the same, everybody's kind of vying for attention at the same time. But I've noticed that. For instance, in like a vampire game or a mage game or something, when you're all playing the same thing or even all the same kind of thing, same clan, same tradition, whatever, um, you get really robust character backgrounds because you're not the ma- you're not the mage. You're a mage in a group of mages. So what else are you? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, what that allows for, hey kitty cat, mm-hmm. um, what that uh, allows for is like kind of uh, interesting mix of skills. Where there isn't necessarily a reason why you should do something, but more the question Sorry. is, well, why? Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody can take a shot at anything in a White Wolf game. You can mm-hmm. try to pick a lock. You might not be the best at it, but like when you're with a bunch of people who no one can pick a lock, well, so fucking give it a shot. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I've always and I've always kind of uh, I've always really liked that about about White Wolf, which is why when we went to Warhammer 40k back into a class system, I was like, oh my god. That's the one thing, yeah. That's the one thing I hate about Warhammer 40k is the class system, because there's sometimes when, like, I know this with Angela, because she's played a lot more humans than I have. Uh, She says, I want to, the Xenos, this Xenos, Xenographer is perfect for me, my character. But my character also wants to be able to take charge at times. And it says, no, nah, you can't do that. You can't. Until, until level maybe five. Rank, yeah, yeah, until level rank five, uh, yes. which one you can pick up. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. really hate the, the, the leveling system. In, in pretty much any game that has levels like that, because it, it totally you know, hampers your ability to have totally off-the-wall characters. Yeah. You know, a, a system like, uh, like White Wolf, you, know, you can easily have characters that, well, I used to do this, and then you know, I became a vampire, or I discovered the supernatural. So you can indicate that there was a, a, a twist. So yeah. you've got yeah all these you know I, I have the I have the lock picking skill because mm-hmm. I was a thief. I'm not a thief anymore, but I still you know, so I've got all these other skills that are much higher because they're more useful in my everyday life as a vampire. Mm-hmm. Well, but I, I can really, still fall back on that. That's one thing I really liked actually about uh, honor and intrigue mm-hmm. that that honor system where basically yeah like, where you actually pick like a set of like was it three I four. think it was like four, four yeah, yeah. four so, like four different careers throughout mm-hmm. and you know you can and it very explicitly goes like I used to be a thief and then I became merchant mm-hmm. and then and you sort of build a, a story like I used to be a thief but then I decided to go straight and became merchant my merchant you know I, I was such a good merchant that I then became a noble and then I was betrayed by my family and now I'm a pirate yeah. and and you have all these like skills and how you know how far you decide how, how, how you want to go through them mm-hmm. so that even though technically you're a pirate now you can still go back and like you know what but I've got some really good merchant skills from my experience back as a merchant mm-hmm. so I'm going to be able to appraise this and, and, you know. Intrigue did a fantastic yeah. I, I job I thought that was skills. brilliant because you're, you're pretty much just negotiating with the D, uh, GM saying like I should have this skill yeah. instead of like Angela's once again xenographer where mm-hmm. she's the security chief she's like I'm going to try to command the cho- troops and they're like no you can't, no, you can't. it's mm-hmm. like well, how, this doesn't make sense why I'm here I, I don't know if like maybe I'm if anybody out there can help us can you buy a skill outside your tree in World of uh, in, in Warhammer Forty K? Yeah. Can is is it double the amount that it's due? I'm pretty or sure there is a penalty. There's a penalty. Yes. There there is definitely a penalty. I'm just wondering what it is because 
shit, I, I, I we need uh, like, you need command. Yeah. Yeah. You can't wait to level five to get it. Yeah, it just okay. sucks when it when a uh, when a system. I'll just kill anyone that doesn't listen to me because they're mutineers. Yeah, <laughs> not, that mutineers are mutineers. Mutineers. I'm glad my ship has like. Ten, okay. you know, thousands and thousands of people in crew, so she can kill thirty, and it's not a huge deal. It's yeah. still got several thousand others. Yeah. Don't forget, there's also an asteroid with people. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. yeah. I'm glad I've got so many thousand people under my control because because uh, she's going through them. Yeah. Pretty I can totally quick. understand <laughs> why. I can totally understand why Warhammer wants to dis- uh, a system like Warhammer in a setting like Warhammer wants to dissuade people from taking uh, skills outside of their skill tree because you don't want you're trying to subdue the the player that makes the everything character that mm-hmm. negates the purpose of other characters. Right. But at the same time, I just cringe whenever I see a system that inherently like slaps you uh, on the hand if you try to if you try to make a, a more in-depth robust character with skills that make sense. Yeah. Well, Theodorus like I like early on like his father mm-hmm. has taught him at an early age mm-hmm. how to be a torture artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, "Well, what's, what do you have in interrogation right now?" I'm like, "Well, I can't get until like level 2, <laughs> level 3, and then I can get basic." Yeah. So apparently I wasn't paying attention when my dad used to do. That. <laughs> yeah. So like, and, and another thing, possible thing is I just I just realized like games like Warhammer 40k and D and D sort of force you instead of creating your character naturally. Like you have to think about think ahead. Is like okay, in the rank three I need these prerequisites. Mm-hmm. So I actually have to think ahead about what type of character I have to make eventually, and not let the story like turn your yeah. character into this. Right. Yeah, because you, you can't like yeah. uh, you uh, play a certain character class in these <laughs> types of games. That's that's it, yeah. um, and. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, sometimes they lock you in. Again. Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, I, I, you know, according to my character progression, the next set of skills I pick up is this one, this one, and this one. Nothing has happened in the story that would <laughs> make sense yeah. for my next yeah. skills to be these. Yeah, why do you speak? Why do you speak Swahili now? <laughs> because it's it's for whatever reason it's my level five skill. Yeah. <laughs> You've never been in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, Hawaii doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> We're in space. What the Space Hawaii. Space Hawaii. That's a language now. It's in the game. That's awesome. Uh, Since we're talking about the characters, uh, playing characters, um, uh, are there any traits that you always have your characters take? Like, are there any sort of, like, indulgences that you can't get away from, either, like, logistically, like, or just something you just enjoy playing by your characters? Like, I'll I'll say for my characters, um, with Vandible... Always tank now forever. <laughs> um, I'll always take something that makes my characters very difficult to kill, um, and generally I always take some surprising intellectual ability that I don't really bring up to like the fifth game. Um, uh, yeah, that would be. Yeah, like in New World of Dragons, I will every time I can pick up encyclopedic knowledge, even though I rarely ever get to use it. But I can't help myself. Like, yes, encyclopedic Someday knowledge. Someday I'm going to use encyclopedic knowledge because it's a freaking like four point merit. Well, I really yeah, <laughs> also especially since we have no use for for most of the merits. Like, yeah, we, yeah. we hardly ever take fighting. Yes, yeah, so I might as well be like uh, just one day there will be a use encyclopedic knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. One day there should be a use for bad Spanish. We'll put it in there. Uh, <laughs> I warned you, man. I, I know, I know. I, trust me, I knew. Like, I'm I'm I am up. the worst like GM though. Sometimes like I will get into a phase where it's like just make athletic checks for the next four hours. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "Fuck, I'm sorry, so sorry, guys." The people who did not take athletics, but which is pretty much all of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just can't think of a way to get out of it. So it's, that's the one thing I need to change about mm-hmm. as a GM is just I need to be able to adapt well, more to like what you guys make. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. Exactly. There's there's the you know I made it a, a, an adventure first. 
and now you guys made a character, and since because of the nature of the way you run your adventures, we don't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. So we just make our characters, and boom, we're thrust into this world. Mm-hmm. And there's the the other approaches, like, all right, you guys make your characters, now. give me your characters, and let's see what you guys can do. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to build an adventure around, oh, wow, they all picked uh, athletics for once. Damn it, I was going to run a really cerebral campaign. Yeah, it's like, oh, look, they all, they, you know, they all made, I was like, oh, this one guy made a, you know, made a character that's all about crafting. How can I fit that in somehow? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and at least you'll get to use that that one that random skill that he picked mm-hmm. up. Uh, so you know, it's 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 about how do you you know how do you do that then? Yeah, I've begun to notice like like at least for for quite a while for many of our games, I tend to make the most ridiculous characters. Like there's something weird, like the were emu from our Dresden game, the scientist from the Hollow Earth campaign, and uh, the latest uh, New World Doctors game where I played a uh, guy from Storage Wars where was a top hat. Because yeah. why not? It's very and nice. there was a prop. And there was a prop, and there I had, a, I had a, a top. I had a prop. Yeah, you missed. You missed the yeah. hop hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I should see a puncture. Huh? Yeah. Oh, we should bring that back. That should be a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> should that should totally be a thing. Um, is there anything that you guys uh, uh, like avoid, like the fucking plague? Um, like for instance, I will never. Uh, well, when making a character, like for instance, I will Magic. never, ever, ever take eidetic memory or photographic memory ever again because you just can't play it if you're somebody like me and you forget your own name. <laughs> like, I just, there's no rational way I can roleplay that. Otherwise, yeah. um, you'd be asking the GM every five minutes. I, like, well, this answers your first question and your second one. Like, I I love making talkers. Like, yes. I just love, yeah. I like scheming too. Like, mm-hmm. like at the very minute, you, at the last minute, I slap you with like a sausage and then mm-hmm. my whole plan is revealed and, I, and it's, I've been building. I love doing that shit. You do a lot of sausage slapping. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I do. I do. I have a hard time not making smart people. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, like, uh, let's, you know, Barsher's smart in his own way. He's instinctually smart, so I don't count him. Mm-hmm. And I, but, like, let's say Jack Maverick, the Jack Mavericks from uh, Hollow Earth, like, I'm, I sometimes am so, like, he doesn't have a high intelligence, it's two. He doesn't have really talking skills. So I will start, like, saying, okay, I'll start talking because it's silent and that's, I will start negotiations. And then, like, two seconds into it, I realize, oh, he can't say that. Oh, he wouldn't think of that. Oh, he's too stupid. <laughs> oh, like, and then I'm trying, and then I was like, okay, so now he has to make something, say something dumb because he's not a good negotiator. So... You know, part of me is I'm having a fun time with Jack. I'm definitely having a fun time with Jack. But I really love as soon as someone's looking to talk and need like a convincing, I'm like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, oh, I'm I'm not the guy you want talking. Yeah. Yeah. With Boris sure it's a little bit easier because it's like, I should never talk. <laughs> should never Because I'm an idiot. Talk. But for Jack, he's like human and he's supposed to be a sly cowboy. So I just... I'm like Jack every time. Like his, his character flaw is like, I got this. <laughs> You're fat. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, that's why I carry these guns. Yeah. Um, uh, Angela, you said that you avoid magic. Magic. I find oh. that really. Mm-hmm. But now, looking back, yeah, I've never seen you play a supernatural. I, I will not do. I, I will not do characters with with magic abilities. I will not play a psyker and warhammer. Barbarian. You played a, bar- a barbarian. Yes, yes mm-hmm. because we were doing. Yeah, Legends of Anglair is because we were doing high fantasy. Even though I hate high fantasy, so I'm like, fuck it. I'm just gonna make the most magical person ever and fuck the system. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm taking these ridiculously overpowered magical stuff because I can't. Uh-huh. Fuck you, Hazes, for making me do high fantasy. <laughs> so I will be a. A barbarian. A bar- a barbarian. We, we, yes. Barbarian. Yeah. We, were, we were people that could turn into bears or have bear magic. They were barbar- barbarians. Yeah. Barbarians. Yeah, we, yeah, we were magical barbarians. So we're just like, yeah, screw, yeah, screw fantasy okay. shit, magical barbarians. Barbarian, but um, barbarians. I, really, I think I tried 
trace it back to when we were playing, uh, back when we did GTP, and I had um, Celeste, GTP. who... GTP. Uh, became Reclamation. But became Reclamation. Became Reclamation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Long um, story, but yeah. Yeah, but back in college, uh, I had a, a character with lots of psychic powers, and I kept getting waylaid for, like, whole play sessions stuck in, like, some weird mystic vision. And I was just like, screw this. No more visions. Can't have visions I if I'm promise, not magic. I promise no missing visions on my quest. Well, you, you've it's never liked magic even before that. You yeah. had, like Even before that, you were kind of just like annoyed with it. You never liked it. You're not a very fantasy person. No, like, I'm not. Like, uh, even Lord of the Rings, she's like, eh. Lord of the Rings sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, she just doesn't like, fa- she doesn't like magic, which is cool. I mean, even, even when we played like City of Heroes, she's like, I'm just a mutant. Get more magic characters. Yeah, you don't really like... Uh, and I, I'm not a huge fan of magic. I can play them, but... For me, it's that... Ma- they you can know, do anything. Yeah, magic systems almost always require you to learn a whole second set of rules. Mm. I, like, I've yeah. seen the Psyker sections yeah. in, in uh, Warhammer. I'm just like, what? I can't keep track. I have a hard enough time just keeping track of you know, how to shoot a gun <laughs> in these games. I, you guys have seen me. I, I have yeah. my note cards. I have all of my skills written out. Mm-hmm. This is the checks for all those skills. This is what it actually does. And here's the page in the book for when my, invariably my notes fall apart mm-hmm. and I can't understand it any longer. And that happens in a lot of games where like you'll look and like, holy crap, magic system is half the book. I mean, hell, look at uh, you know, D&D and uh, Pathfinder. Literally, the list of spells, is, it's, it's a 600-page book, and the list of spells is 300 of those pages, yeah. you know? So I'd rather just be, you know, I've got a gun or I've got a sword, and I chop people's heads off. Yeah, and That's yeah. straightforward. D&D, I've always been, it was just like, I'll just, in D&D, it's like, I'll just be a fighter. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, or rogue, mm-hmm. something that I can literally just open up the book and pretty much quickly pick my stuff and mm-hmm. get it. And I, my thing is, I, I want to be able to play. As soon as I sit, yeah, as soon as I sit down, I want to be able to start playing like a, a RPG game, mm-hmm. like very quickly. Because my old group in high school, mm-hmm. we would st- we, we we would delay for hours and hours, and sometimes like I run out and play. I'm like, fuck! I was like really getting. Yeah. I was in, I was really in the fucking mood to play. Yeah. So and people, and it was always the fucking mages <laughs> or the. the Priests that were holding it up is like just play a fucking fighter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just rolling up. Yeah. I got twenty. Uh, yeah, and these are uh, these are what weapons I'm good at, and I have twenty strength. Let's go. Yep. Something that occurred to me actually, uh, uh, stuff that I always always take if I can is stuff that lets me jump high or fall far. <laughs> um, and uh, in 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 lieu of actual powers, because I, as you guys know, love powers. If 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 it's a game where there's magical something, I want that magical something. Yeah. Um, I nothing infuriates me more. Then, uh, actually, a friend of mine is running a game like this right now, mm-hmm. where, uh, where it's a great, it's a great setting. It's a fantasy setting, but we're all playing knights, mm-hmm. and there are magical people all the fuck around us. And at some point, I just get insanely frustrated with the idea that you're like, I'm like, okay, this guy can fly. That chick can throw fireballs. He can control the minds of the undead. Mm-hmm. Like. Why am I the only person with just a sword? Like, this sucks. I'm the extra in all movies I watch. Like, I'm not a compelling character. I don't have great, awesome things to do. Um, so I love I love that stuff. Uh, and permabuffs. Anything that, in lieu of magic... Um, no, I don't want to learn spells or anything else like that. But that's why I like rolling monk in Pathfinder is because once you get your buffs, like, that's it. You're done. It's just your, your attributes are insane, and occasionally you can dodge them arrows and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not like laborious looking up rules, what does this spell do, what right. does this summons mean, it's just like, no, here's the list of all the cool shit that you can do because you're a monk mm-hmm. um, so to finish off you guys um, uh, 
the chick from Twilight. What's going on there? <laughs> uh, like, I've been up at night. She really needs to make a choice. I mean, honestly. I just, but I, the director, I just, have you heard about this? No, actually, I, I thought you were joking. What? No. She uh, like, apparently is cheating on, uh... Um, Pats. She yeah. was cheating on Pats with the 41-year-old director of Snow White and the Seven Huntsmen. Yep. Uh, who's married with two children. Yeah, and, Married uh, to the woman that played her mother in Snow White and the Huntsman. No! Yes! Oh, and, God, it's okay. so good! And it's it's yeah. kind of funny, because when you look at the two women, it's like, yes, they, they do look quite similar. It makes sense they would have played mother and daughter. On the other hand, it's also like, damn, director has a type. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and, of course, you know, here's the real embarrassing. Like, they got caught, but they were making out everywhere. Like, they were trying <laughs> yeah. to get caught. Like, right? Wow, are we really ending our... our it's hilarious to watch four twenty something guys talking about Twilight. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, no, keep going. I, I keep just, going. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's ridiculous. It's like, wow, it's don't you think that's at one point when you're like making out in one public area, you would say, Maybe we shouldn't do this and go and stop going to the second and third and fourth area to make out? Like well, they are public. Kristen Stewart is poised to become the highest paid actress in Hollywood currently. Mm. Yeah, seriously. Bear girls making bank. So, you can't afford a nice hotel for the afternoon? Right, yeah. No, I'm not even talking like, what, you know, like, skeezy hourly rental place. You've got enough money to go to the nice place, rent it for a whole day, and just use it for a couple hours. And the best part is, like, the photos of them making out in a car. Like, the first couple of ones, they're like, okay, that's kind of sketchy, but it looks like she's going to drop them off or something. Like, oh, no, they're kissing, okay. Oh, no, that leaves nothing to the imagination. <laughs> like, that is... There are things happening. This is broad daylight in, like, some park somewhere. Yeah. I see tongues through their cheeks. There's yeah, no, no it's... No denying. You are surprised by, like, wow, this is... Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, also, what happened was, um, so, Jesus, um, uh, Kristen Stewart and the... Uh, Kristen Stewart released a, uh, an apology letter yeah. in, in a magazine. Like entertainment of us yep. in like Us Weekly or something, okay. apologizing to her boyfriend, saying like I love Robert and I never really wanted to uh, jeopardize this. I'm so so sorry. And then the director also released a uh, an apology letter for what he did to his family, and he, you know he has to do some soul searching and blah blah blah. And then Robert Patterson moved out just the other day of their I apartment. Heard that. Yeah, he moved out. He was just like, "Fuck this! I'm Robert Motherfucking Patterson." Like, I can have any woman that, I want. Yeah. Is that Kristen Stewart's letter of apology is actually the first time that she has publicly acknowledged that she was in a relationship with Robert Pattinson? That's really funny. I, yeah, they've, it's true. they've clearly been it's together true. because they show up at all the red carpet events yeah. together. And they're yeah, I remember hands, reading about it. Yeah. Like, they, every time they've been asked about each other, it's like uh, my favorite subject matter. One of my favorite things about two favorite things. Uh, one is that uh, there's a photo of her smiling when she's like, uh, like kissing this uh, director guy, um, and pretty much Gawker keeps on put, uh, posting this like same uh, subtitle. This is the first and only photo <laughs> where Kristen Stewart is smiling. Um, <laughs> and uh, second, uh, I actually find this story really uplifting. Um, and let me explain why. Oh, because Robert Pattinson is finally free. Um, <laughs> yes, because he's finally free. Um, call me. Um, uh, but also, it means it gives me hope that when I'm 41 years old, I can hook up with somebody like Kristen Stewart. Um, and that, and that, you know what? That makes me feel a lot better about America, uh, America, America, um, and everything. So uh, God bless America. God bless America, and God bless Robert 22. Twenty-two-year-old girls who will who will hook up with forty-one-year-old men, and God bless Robert Patterson. Rob, if you're listening, um, 
Seriously, call me. Call yeah, call, call us. We uh, also um, we'd love to. Play we heard that you don't have a. We heard you don't have a girlfriend anymore. So now might be the time to investigate whether or not you'd like to role play. <laughs> uh, we got a spot for you right here, buddy. Armpits. Right, right <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, I think we should sign off with that. Okay. Uh, we can now talk about podcast t- now. With yeah. we love you, Armpits. <laughs> oh yes, we do. Oh my god. Wow. We love you, Armpits. Oh and man. We think we're done here. All right, so anybody, uh, anyways, uh, thank you very much for listening, you guys. This is David for the rest of the Fandible crew. Thank you for listening for this, to this geeky roundtable discussion. Have a good day.